when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined on this week's episode by Alex Wong. Nice to be back. Thanks for inviting me. When was the last time we did the pod? I can't remember. You just randomly call me in when other guests bail on you. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 not wrong. I mean, Vivek was busy today, so... Uh, <laughs> What's Vivek busy with? He needs an Wimbledon's off day, Wimbledon's happening he, again? He needs an off day, bro. He's, he's covering everything. This guy's you know, using he, tennis as an excuse, man. Every time Bianca plays, he needs three days off. He's holding the microphone and stuff like that. You know, like, it's just, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. So, Alex, yeah, you got to fill in here. Um, okay, so the Raptors have played about a week's worth of basketball now. And I think, you know, obviously four games is too little to judge a team on. But for the most part, it's been a really solid start. Like, they could have been 4-0, and really, if they just closed out that Celtics game. Um, obviously, their offense sort of went cold, and uh, execution was a little bit of a you know difficult thing. But everything so far has been pretty good. So uh, I just really want to get your thoughts on how good are some of these recent developments. So I want you to grade some things in terms of what's happening early in the season. Yes, we might do this on running back later, but <laughs> which in, we're going to shoot right which after. Which we're this. shooting in one hour. <laughs> But you know, so are we doing like an Asian parent expectation scale? Yeah, relax, relax. Save <laughs> save that specific title for uh, Run It Back, the YouTube wow. channel, the, uh, you, the YouTube. So show So basically, that we do. workshopping right now on your podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Just listen to it twice on his feed, though. Pretty much. Um, so Pascal Siakam, so far as a number one guy, he's averaging about twenty-seven points per game. He's getting ten plus rebounds. He's got almost at four steals or four assists per game. Um, if field goal percentage is around 50%, three-point percentage is over 40. The free throw percentage is amazing right now. He's only missed one free throw on the season, so he's at about 95%. In terms of a letter grade, what are you giving uh, Pascal to start the year? Uh, A-minus. 
I think. Okay, A minus. Yeah. Wow. I think, Who's the Asian parent now? Wow. I think this guy's averaging Kawhi stats, and you're giving me A minus. You he put up 38 and 14, and you went on run it back, and it was like he he should have done more. Okay, fair. Yeah, we might see? both be Asian parents. Who knows? No. Okay, so I know you did a you did a video breakdown, great video breakdowns that you're doing yes. this year. I'm a I'm a YouTuber now on your on your own YouTube channel. You should check out. Yes. Um, you did a breakdown of just um the the flaw right now with him is uh, the playmaking and the turnovers right mm-hmm. that you've seen yeah. early on, and I guess the other thing is the foul trouble that he's been getting into. Um, obviously, some of the calls, um, you know, I wouldn't even necessarily agree with that, that he's gotten in late in games against New Orleans and last night. But some of that is also Pascal needing to realize that he's too important of a player now yeah. to be picking up, to be putting himself in those positions, right? Do you think people are flopping on him intentionally? Um, like that DJ Augustine flop. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really bad flop. That was a flop. Yeah. yeah. I just think, you know, once you, once you become like the number one guy, like that's the stuff like... Like you can't be the guy that's going out with like five fouls, six fouls, like like in the second half. So, but otherwise, that's why I give him the A minus because like everything else has been amazing. It seems like he's expanded his offensive game. Like some of that footage that we saw in the summer is actually translating into the real games. Yeah. Like he had that what that one off foot jumper, mid range jumper yesterday late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That yep. we've seen in the footages and like the above the break threes. Um, and it seems like to me, it's just like, he's like really elite at like when you need a basket, yeah. like he can create mm-hmm. and you know, he had that one play. I think they came out of the timeout after Terrence Ross hit a three yesterday to put them up, put the magic up. And he just like took Jonathan Isaac to the basket, made his spin move, got an and one. Yeah. And there's so, there's very few players that can do something like that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, like I think everything's trending up for Pascal. Yeah. A minus, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, it's almost closer to an A, um, but again, it, you got to leave room for him to like improve. Well, right? exactly right. I mean, I think there are some small, subtle things that he can improve on offense as well. Like, I think he can pick his spots a little bit better. Um, it doesn't seem like the post up for him this year is as much of a guarantee as it was last year. Obviously, there's only been four games, but I think teams are really, really uh, zeroed in on what he does. Um, there's been a couple times, especially in that Celtics game, where it felt like the defense knew exactly where he was going and was sort of um, trapping him and putting him in bad spots. In terms of the double teams and sort of the failure to sort of um, handle them, I mean, that's completely normal. It's understandable. Like, no one's going to expect him to just instantly become, I don't even know, like Kawhi Leonard uh, immediately. Um, But, you know, at the same time, like, I think when he looks over the footage and the film, he can sort of figure out, basically, look, if the defense is doubling you, you've already won, right? That means someone's open. You just need to move the ball. Yeah, Matt Thomas in the corner. Yeah, and he did find Matt Thomas in the corner against the Bulls. And, you know, some of those things is just – I think one thing right now, he's, he keeps wanting to pass over top the defense, and I think the defenders know that. So they're trying to take that away. I feel like, honestly, if he can mix it up a little bit with like a bounce pass once in a while, to sort of go under the defense maybe, uh, it'll be a little bit easier. But also I think it's just like recognizing double teams, like understanding where they're going to come from yeah. and then kicking it out quickly because the rest of the guys are pretty unselfish players that he's playing with. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're all – except for Norm, but, you know, whatever. Uh, everyone else, you know, can, can move the ball around. And um, the, the best thing I'll yeah. say about Pascal like through four games is that I think it's safe to just like kind of raise the ceiling of what he, what he can be, right? Like, I think there's so many question marks coming into this season. Like, how is it going to look like? Yeah. And even though it's been, like, super early, I just think, like, based on the way he's playing, like, it's safe for us to really expect him 
to pick up these things. Yeah, like for the sure. Playmaking, for sure. the foul trouble, and all that stuff. Like Pascal, like we keep going back to like, oh, Pascal's only played basketball for like this long, whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is is like instinctual, right? Yeah, like you have for to sure. play enough basketball to know that, like, oh, when the double team comes, all that stuff. Yeah. So, he, and how many times do you think he's been double in his life? Yeah. So he's, but even look at the Boston game, right? Like, he yeah. looked terrible in the first half. Kind of figured it out, fought through it in the second yeah. half. Like, that's what he does, right? It doesn't yeah. take him like weeks. It takes him like quarters. Yeah, for so sure. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm super excited to see where this goes, and like, I'm sure we'll talk about it later on in the season. But man, like, we gotta start bumping up, like, instead of all NBA third team. Like we might got to move that up a little bit. Wow, second team. Well, I mean that's that's funny you mentioned that because if you look at the competition this season, mm-hmm. it's a little bit weaker than what it normally would be, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, you got Giannis, you got Kawhi, you got LeBron. Those are three of the six uh, forward spots. However, past that, last year it was Paul George. Paul George hasn't even played yet this year. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to miss about a month, mm-hmm. um, which is actually good. I think the Raptors might miss Paul George both times. Yeah. Or at least on the first game when the Raptors play um, the Clippers. Well, they'll miss Kawhi on the second one because he's going to load manage and come <laughs> to Toronto. So, no, they haven't load managed them yet, man. They're, they're trying to they're trying to exhaust themselves for the regular season. That's definitely how you use Kawhi. Um, so Paul George has you know been injury uh, riddled so far. If you look at the rest of the guys that made that team last year, Blake Griffin hasn't played yet, and also, I mean, maybe he makes the team again, but maybe he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. The Pistons also actually. Right now, look a little bit better than they were last year, even though Blake hasn't been in the lineup. Um, so that that's a little bit shocking. And then you look at the rest of the guys on that team. I mean, I don't know, man. We're, we're talking about can Pascal be better than, like, LaMarcus Aldridge? Or yeah. can Pascal be better than, uh, let's say, a Luka Doncic type? Right. You know what I mean? Like, chances are, yeah, he probably will be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think. Especially when you factor in both ends of the floor. That's the other thing with Pascal. I'm a little bit concerned that he hasn't been as dominant defensively. Yeah. I think it's probably because he's, like, exerting a lot of energy. Right. A lot more on the offensive end. But listen, man, it's super exciting. Like, if you want to zoom yeah, out and think about sure. what free agents are going to be looking at. And, and not even just Giannis, man. Like, if you look at just tw- the 2021 free agent class, like, players who are looking to come into a winning situation yeah. and play with great players, like, Man, Pascal, like, name me a better player than to pair up with than, than Pascal, right? Obviously, outside of, like, the true, like, A-list guys, yeah. like Kawhi and things, but this is, it's great. A weekend, feel great. All right, great, great. We feel great, but it's an A-minus. Yeah. <laughs> this All is right. truly some Asian parent shit, man. <laughs> uh, all right, so OJ Anobi, he's been also very good to start the season. Um, obviously not as good as Pascal, but obviously they serve different roles. OG right now on the year, averaging 12 points per game on 54% shooting from the field. He's hitting 1.8 threes per game on 44% shooting from the field. Uh, he's averaging 7.3 rebounds and assist, 1.5 steals, and 2.3 blocks per game. And he's also playing a career-high 34 minutes, which is about 10 more than he's ever played per game. Last year, OG was a bit of a lost man. This year, he seems to be um, one of the – like he's a lock to stay in the starting lineup, which I predicted coming into the season. But I did not see uh, sort of the leap that he's made in terms of defensively. The last two games, he's got six steals, six blocks. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give him an A. I okay, think good. To, to, to expectations, relative to expectations coming into the season. And again, like four games, small sample size, all of that stuff. But, you know, the defensive effort that he's been putting together has been like – incredible incredible and you know this guy's playing like scotty pippen right now on wow. defense and you know you, you you said it like this is exactly what 
we wanted OG to be, right? right? Like I think people are always like, oh, is he gonna make the leap, like become this like really great score, like a number two score behind Pascal? You know, probably not gonna be that, but the Raptors probably don't need him to be that, right? No. Not this version of the team and whatever version of the team they're gonna build out in in the next few years. Like it's so valuable to have a guy like OG who's like the primary wing defender and you know if he can shoot like even anywhere close to like 40 percent from three yeah and provide that type of defense yeah like you know now you have two pieces in the front court that's locked in for the long term yeah og and pascal uh, and they have shown pretty good chemistry so far yes i feel like pascal sets up og for a play once per game yeah and og's looked really good with pascal off the floor too right yeah that's true and yeah i don't know like again very early but Really encouraging. Really encouraging. Yeah. Really encouraging. I'm going to hit you with some uh, four-game advanced stats <laughs> samples, all right? So right now, OG uh, on John OP, Hollinger. plus minus per 100 possessions, his on-off numbers, he's plus 20.3. Wow. Patrick Patterson-like. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yo, relax. Come on, man. <laughs> relax. Uh, well, I think the big thing for uh, for OG right now is that you look at where he played last season, he played a lot more power forward. Yeah. I just don't really think he's a power forward. No, I don't think so either. You know what I mean? Like, he can guard those bigger guys if he needs to on a switch or whatever. But, but he can be dominant at the three. Yeah. Like, like if you, dominant. We were there yesterday at the Orlando game. Yeah. I mean, how many times on the perimeter did he just, like, rip the ball away from, like, Evan Fournier or Al Camino or, like, DJ Augustine? Like, he's yeah. so active and persistent on that end. He's so locked in. He's really engaged. And I loved about him because I feel like last year, you know, whether that was because of uh, where he was in the rotation or sort of all the things that happened to him, all the unfortunate things that happened to him off the court, he just didn't look the same. It's not the same level of engagement as he is now. Now he's locked into every single possession. He's making these great plays. I mean, what's really stood up for me for the OG is the blocks, man. Like, mm-hmm. he was not really this kind of shot blocker in the past. Mm-hmm. Um but this year, he seems to have really improved sort of his timing, um, his instincts in terms of the shot blocking, and also a willingness as a help defender. And uh, that's great to see because there's not a lot of shot blocking in the starting lineup because Mark's not really a traditional shot blocker. And Pascal, he can block a shot, but he's also uh, he's got new priorities this year. And so you need a guy to sort of tie everything together, and I think OG is that guy. Yeah, and on the offensive end too – his shot selection, he's been playing Mori ball, right? Like just yep. layups. No and mid-range threes. shots. Yeah, no mid-range. And, you know, if he's hitting efficiently from three, that kind of opens up the drives for him. And, like, that's that's what you want, right? An efficient player on the yep. offensive end and yep. just an absolute monster on defense. Like, man, imagine if he was next to Kawhi right now. Uh, okay. It's yeah. tough. Well, we'll talk about that after we do the grades, but yeah. that's already making me kind of sad. Uh, as an Asian parent, we still have to point out um, things that he can improve in. Yeah. So I think for me, I think he can sort of make an even bigger emphasis on defensive rebounding because that's kind of what the starting lineup needs as well. Yes, rebounding has definitely been an issue. Yeah, not Uh, for the for the team as a whole. Like OG already is averaging a career high in terms of uh, his defensive rebounding rate. Um, You know, his traditionally his per thirty six numbers first year as a rookie three point four defensive rebounds per thirty six minutes. Last year three point seven. This year it's up to six. So it's already a big jump, but. You know, I want to see him average, like, honestly, close to eight rebounds per game all season. I don't really see a reason why he can't. Yeah. No, honestly, as an Asian parent, I don't have too much complaints right now. Like, Wow. I love... So you know, satisfied. I love young players, too, that, like, uh, put an emphasis on the defensive end, you know? This is you, like when you come home and you win Kiwanis. <laughs> Your parents buying you an Xbox off this. Yeah. It's like, yo, no Kumon tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
No, yeah. seriously, I'm no, super. Ex- is Asian torture. I'm super excited about what OG has done so far this season. Like, I don't think you could have asked for more. Good. All right. So OG gets an A. Yeah. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Relative expectations. I mean, I thought Kyle might have started the season slowly because uh, he didn't play pretty much uh, at all in training camp. And then in preseason, he only plays that one game against Brooklyn. And that game, he was sort of searching for a shot. The jumper was a little bit erratic. And, you know, by his own admission, he's, um, you know, not 100%. And even yesterday after the game, where I thought yesterday he was great against the Magic, he really came through in the clutch, Kyle even said, you know, like, I could be better. And... um yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's an encouraging sign because right now Kyle Lowry is averaging 22 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 6.8 assists, a steal per game, shooting 42% from the field, 37% from deep. He's getting to the free throw line again, which is a, a, a new thing after sort of uh, dipping he's in He's hit that. double digits twice, right? He's, he's hit double digits twice uh, in the first four games, and he didn't do that at all last season. That's crazy. So, uh, first off, are you concerned about Kyle Lowry's workload? He's close to leading the league in minutes in terms of uh, average. He's at 39.3 minutes per game. The number's obviously going to come down, but I don't know. What are you seeing from him? Yeah, so Asian parent grade, I'd also give him an A. Yep. Um, but, yes, that was the one thing I was going to point out is that everything that Kyle's doing right now is great. Saw the burst of speed, remember, at the end of the first half yesterday when he went coast-to-coast and got that layup. Twice? Yeah, crazy acrobatic move. Yeah. And, again, check out Will's video breakdown of wow. Kyle – and Pascal running the pick and roll over and over again sure. late in the yeah, game yeah. to, to right. kind of get things going. And, yes, I'm super worried about the workload, you know, and, and just kind of in general with this team. I know Nick's been tinkering with the rotation, you know, yeah. giving, you know, guys like Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, Pat McCaw minutes here and there to kind of, kind of get looks and see how they look like with the rest of the roster. Um, the roster has to expand out a bit more yeah. for the regular season. like. Yeah. Obviously, I think it's clear when the Raptors play their top seven, eight guys, they have a really good team, and they can compete with pretty much anybody in the league. Yeah. But it's not sustainable over 82 games. Yeah, like they're, I agree. They're going to run guys into the ground, and I worry. I worry that, like, you know, if Kyle keeps having to play these extended minutes, the Raptors could easily maybe start, like, 20 and 5 or something like that, but they're going to fade. So I, I am super worried about that. Why do you think Nick is... Uh, showing such tough love to some of the end of the rotation guys. You know what? I think, you know, they came off winning a championship and Nick's trying to set a certain level of expectations. Um, okay. Basically being an Asian parent. Um, <laughs> wow. Because, no, because like you win a championship and those are the guys who kind of brought you there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he talked about it in training camp too about how guys like Stanley and Rondé need to know like how we do things around here, right? Mm-hmm, the level mm-hmm. of effort that we need. So I think a bit of it is Nick showing some tough love, um, trying to make sure these guys know that you have to earn the minutes. And when you're on the floor, if, you, if yeah. you're a Matt Thomas, you better be competing your ass off on the defensive end, mm-hmm. even if you're like making six three-pointers point, three in a row, whatever, that's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think that's, that's it. But like, man, like you got to let... Like I think Nick knows this too. Like you have to, you know, give... Terrence Davis a little bit more run, even Pat McCall a little bit more run. Like throughout the season, like they just have to be part of the rotation. Because doing this eight game, eight eight man rotation thing, like it's fine over like a seven game series, yeah. over a two month yeah. playoff run. But like, I don't know. Like I would actually, yeah. Like even if Kyle's stats come down and he plays less minutes, like they they need to figure something out because this this is not sustainable. That's like my only concern over uh, like through the first four games. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're going to give Nick Nurse a grade, I would feel like it's probably been like probably B, B plus sure. yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, I guess we have high expectations of Nick as well, but I mean, you win a championship, then, you know, yeah. expectations uh, go up. But also at the same time, like, I think he's what he's doing with the rotation is kind of smart in the sense that he's setting a pretty high standard. Yep. And he's sort of trying to instill competition within the guys to yep. rise and meet that standard. I think, you know, individually, if you look at the talent of guys like Rondé or um, Stanley Johnson or Chris Boucher, like there's guys there that like they have the potential to play to a certain level. It's not like necessarily they're intrinsically less talented than some of the guys in, ahead of them in the rotation. But it's just sort of a mentality thing. Like the focus in which, you know, when you see Fred Van Vliet um, come into a game and how focused he is on what he's doing and you see um, Serge Ibaka and the way he approaches everything, like it's just different. It's just different when you're another guy that's just sort of coming in and you really just can't expect to walk into the rotation. So I, I'm the only thing I hope what Nick has done is that he's set out uh, clear expectations for the rest of the guys. Like what I need in order for you to make the rotation, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And if you do X, Y, and Z, I'll put you in there. You know what I mean? Because it's like that in any sort of organizational structure, right? You Okay, fine. You could be sort of limited by your boss, but then your boss also has to be fair to you and tell you how you can get out of that and expand your horizon. And so I hope there's clear expectations for what Ronda needs to do. I hope there's clear expectations for what Stanley needs to do. Same thing with Boucher, McCaw, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, all these guys. But there's something there. And we were talking about this earlier, man. Like you mentioned it, like – all these guys got like one big flaw, so it's a little bit hard to always rely on them. And you can sort of go by um, situation. Like I thought yesterday, for example, Nick went to Pat McCaw for 17 minutes at a time where offense wasn't as big of an issue, right? You really just wanted the Raptors race out to this early lead. You want to just maintain that, keep the opponent at, uh, you know at an arm's distance. And I thought McCaw came in and did that defensively. He gave great contributions, especially for a guy coming off the bench. Um, and another time, maybe you need more shooting, like in that in that Bulls game where you know you weren't really hitting anything, and um, tough offense was stalling in the first half. Matt Thomas comes in, he hits two threes like he does, and all of a sudden, you know, Matt Thomas gets more minutes. So I think it honestly it'll just change from game to game. But hopefully, if he lands on like nine guys mm-hmm. uh, that he can sort of trust on every night, I think he'd be pretty happy. Yeah, and I think part of the regular season is just you got to let some of those guys just play through it, right? Yeah. Like, if you're just pulling the plug and just bringing Kyle back in all the time, like, it's not going to work. But I'm with you. Like, I think I think Nick has a long-term plan yep. on how this is going to play out anyways. And the other thing is, like, not even just last year. Like, for, like, five years now, the Raptors have had, like, really deep, competent rosters. Yeah, for so sure. So, I think it's fair for Nick to set those expectations because for, yeah. like, half a decade now, the Raptors have always been able to roll out, like, five really capable, like, NBA-ready guys, right? Yeah. So... Um, if if some of the some of the newer guys aren't meeting expectations, then they need to they need to catch up. Yeah, and it's also funny the way Nick treated the rotation last year because guys like um, Lorenzo Brown will get minutes, yeah. and Greg Monroe will get minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was it wasn't was that like, high of a bar last yeah, year. But the regular season was different last year, though. That's true. That's in that true. you were just the rota- managing yourself yeah. to the playoffs, right? That's true. Whereas. You know, I mean, obviously everyone's saying the right things about running it back, competing for a championship and all that stuff. You know, I feel like this regular season is a little different. Like, mm. he actually has to play those guys if they want to get to, like, 50 wins or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, next guy, Fred Van Vliet. Um, he's had, obviously, an incredible first game. Cooled off a little bit since then. Uh, right now, Fred is averaging 18 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 6.3 assists on uh, with a one and a half steals per game on... 39 minutes per game, but he's only shooting 39% from the field 
and 41% from deep. 41% from deep is great, but shooting about uh, 30, what, 7% on two-point shots is not necessarily that good. What's your grade for Fred so far? Uh, I'm going to give um, a B. A B, okay. Yeah, I think um, I think his highlights are, are, are like, really good. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, he's hit so many big shots already, dropped uh, Markel Foltz yesterday. That's unfortunate, man. Wearing in ones, too, you know, a little throwback. Wow. Um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, like, the 39%. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still times, I think, against Boston, too, it's pretty apparent. Like, it's still hard for him to finish at the basket. Yeah. I thought he was um, hurt by an ankle injury in that. Oh, uh, yeah, Boston by the game. ankle injury, too. You know, yeah. I'll definitely give him that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, overall, I think Fred's been pretty steady. And, you know, seems like he's locked down the starting shooting guard job already. So, Do you take exception to it? No, some, some I don't. Some people like Norm in that spot. Really? But why, I, why, though? But yeah. Norm is shooting 30% from the field right now. Yeah. So, no, I think Fred should be there. I mean, the only argument would be that maybe you want to just balance it out a little bit and have more scoring off the bench. Sure. That's but, that's a legit argument. Yeah. No, that's fair. But then it's but also, also Fred like, is just straight up better than Norm. Yeah, if Fred's straight up better, and if you put Norm in the starting lineup, then you know you weaken the starting lineup too, right? Like, <laughs> if what if you put Norm in the starting lineup, you're starting Norm all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. The problem with starting Norm is uh, Norm would be the starter. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't Norm. know. Like anything, jump out of you with Fred. Like you know, I think I don't know, man. Those Rico Hines runs really gave him the swagger. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the confidence is great. I think honestly. He's missed a couple of makeable shots, especially yesterday against the Magic. I thought he had a lot of great looks, and he just missed them. And when you go into practice like that, like he is automatic. He, like I'm serious, he is automatic. I think he's Raptors' uh, best shooter. And you know, I think actually, he, what is he third right now in three point percentage behind OG and Pascal? But realistically, we know Fred's a better shooter than OG and Pascal. Um, yeah, I think he's doing all the right things. I think defensively he's contributing. Um, I know some people sort of uh, linked sort of the lack of rebounding to uh, Fred Small and Kyle. But, I mean, yeah. like, bro, if Fred is giving you five rebounds a game and Kyle's giving you five rebounds per game, you're getting ten rebounds per game out of your backcourt. That's not bad. That's really not yeah. bad. You know what I mean? And I think these guys are boxing out. They're scrapping. They're contributing on, on defense. I haven't really seen uh, too much of an issue there. I mean, I've been keeping a close eye on how many times per game uh, Fred and Pascal, or sorry, Fred and Kyle are getting posted up, and so far none of them have been scored on on post ups. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. one of the bigger concerns when you have two two small guys. Obviously, it's not ideal to start two six foot guys. It's not necessarily ideal to sort of tilt your lineup tilt heavily towards the starting lineup. But I don't know. I, I really have no exceptions with Fred. Really, I, I I'm giving him a B plus. Yeah, close no, to I an have, A minus. Honestly, I haven't seen. He's like a seventy nine right now. I haven't seen anything on the defensive end that's really jumped out and worried me yeah, exactly. about Kyle and Fred playing together. And, and you know what? It helps when you have Pascal, OG, and Mark on the floor with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it's not like Kyle and Fred are bad defenders. Mm-hmm. It's just they are not tall. Like, yeah. That's it. Um, but, yeah, no, Fred's been great. Um, I mean, this is probably a more longer-term question, but say he kind of keeps up his production, mm-hmm. keeps his starting – uh, role for the for the whole season. Yeah, could you envision him getting maybe like a Malcolm Brogdon type contract this offseason? Twenty mil a year. Yeah, yeah, and I think he'd be deserving of it. Honestly, I really do. Like he's not a high end high end starter, at least not yet. Maybe he won't ever be that way. But like what he contributes right now, I, I would I think it's twenty million dollars worth of uh, of contributions. Maybe a little bit less. But obviously, when you ever, whenever you get to free agency and it's an open market, you're going to get paid a little bit more than what you actually deserve. It, unless you're on a max guy, then yeah. whatever, that's artificially capped. But for the most part, like you know, free agents are pretty expensive. And, and I think, 
you know, Fred's he's earned it. He deserves it. Like he really does, man. Yeah, homegrown guy too, man. Yeah, great culture setter as well. You know, he's gonna have a great case next summer when he's the best free agent on the market. <laughs> man, he's really gonna go to Atlanta for twenty five million a year. Nah, Minnesota, <laughs> man, watch out for Minnesota. We're gonna replace Tyus Jones with a even better RPM Tyus Jones. And then the last question I have before we go to Twitter questions. Who is the weak link on the roster right now? Norm. Okay. Okay, make your case for Norm. Because if it's Norm, for me, if it's Norm, your roster ain't that weak, man. No, that's fine. You know what I mean? But we're talking about guys that are playing, right? Yeah. Like, we're not saying, like, Stanley Johnson because he's just well, not playing. there's a case that, like, you know, Mark could be the weak link, for example. Yeah, see, I'm not worried about Mark, though. Okay. Mark. Mark. I'm not worried about Mark either, but. Mark will be fine. Like, Mark will be fine. There's a case. Yeah. There's a case. Man looking hella old, and he's not really scoring. Because there was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Kawhi's left, so, you know, you're going to go back to scoring, right? And Mark's like, bet. I'm going to (laughs) take two shots a game. It'll come, man. He's not going to, like, average 20 points a game. He'll he'll randomly have a 20-point game every, like, six games. Um, I I would kill for that. I don't think he has 20 points on the season so far. Yeah, that's tough. I'm kidding. I think he's finally got to 22. Well, he was shooting 15% from the field heading into yesterday. It's hard to do as a center to shoot 15%. At some point, you got to have a layup. Yeah. (laughs) Norm, you know, honestly, I'm not trying to pick on Norm. And, like, there's nothing, like, terrible that jumps out at me. But I think out of the main rotation guys, like, whenever – it just seems like you talk about guys – you talk about how the guys are really locked in when they come in. Like, Fred knows what he's doing. Yep. OG knows what he's doing. Yep. You know – Fred just seems like the most erratic player out of those to me, right? Like, yes. you don't know what you're getting on a night-to-night basis. You mean, yeah, Norm. Norm is yeah, Norm, Norm, yeah, Norm. Yeah. Like, you don't know what you're getting on a night-to-night. Well, you, you know a lot of things that you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. a lot of them aren't good. You're getting and, contested drives in the traffic. Yeah. I don't understand why he he seems to insist on on making life harder for himself. It's like when you're, like, getting an Uber and they decide to use the Uber app, like, map instead of, like, Waze or at least Google Maps. Yeah. Like, at minimum, please use Google Maps yeah. so that you can have yeah. some real-time data. But no, they're just like, no, I'm just going to use the Uber map. Yeah, and yeah. Just turn into this one way. Right and it's going to be, way. like, it's going to take you, like, 20 extra minutes as opposed to if you just turn on Waze. And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, Norm, can you turn on Waze? Like, yeah. can you can you please just, like, make simpler decisions? Like, I can't believe – like, there's no way. You cannot tell me that Norm is less talented than OG on offense. But OG makes simple decisions. He makes the right decisions. He makes them quickly, and he succeeds. And he's more efficient than Norm, who makes more difficult decisions, goes into more traffic, and makes life difficult for himself. Yeah, no, it was just two seasons ago that Norm was slotted to take – Locked down a starting role, right? He got that oh, four yeah. year. Oh, bro, it's every year, man. <laughs> he got that four four year, forty <laughs> million extension, whatever it was. Every and it year. was like, all right, man. Like Norm's done it in yeah. spurts in the playoffs. Yeah. Like he's ready to make this jump. Yeah. And now he's in year five, and you know he just feels like one of those players that maybe this is just who he is. Yeah. And you know it happens. You know not every guy blossoms mm-hmm. and reaches their ceiling, but yeah, if I were to pick a guy, I would just go with Norm, just because it kind of stands out versus kind of the consistency that a lot of the other guys bring. Yeah, and Norm was not shy about it in preseason too. You know, he talked about it in training camp. You know, I sat down with him for a one on one. But you know, he he told me he was like, "Yeah, listen, um, I, I have my sights start in a, set on the starting lineup. Like that's exactly what my expectation is. I've worked hard this summer. I've worked generally on my game to sort of expand. Previous years, you know, he worked on very specific things, so he was sort of more tilted because he was expected to sort of play a specific role. And I think he really thought this year he would come in and sort of get that second, uh, that, that two-guard spot, and he would run with it, and he would be part of the starting lineup. And I really do think he would perform a lot better with the starting lineup. Obviously, if you play with better players, you know, your chances are better than if you're running pick-and-rolls with, like, you know, Pat McCaw off the bench. It's just not the same. 
But at the same time, like, I think Norm has to... I mean, I think Norm has the ability to be better, but we always say this about Norm. You know what I mean? And at some point, you just got to do it. That's it. Yeah. So. It's like it's like we did this with JV too, man. That's true. Like, like year after year, we we're like, oh, JV will get better at this and that. Yeah. And like it wasn't like JV was a terrible player, but at some point, you just realized the limitations yeah. of what they were, and that was it. And it was interesting to see Norm go up against uh, his good friend Terrence Ross yesterday. Whereas, like, Terrence, I, I swear to God, I had the same you know thing with, with Terrence – uh, when he was a Raptor, and it was sort of like, he has all this ability, he can do this, this, and this, and why does he need to do it consistently? And then you see him now in Orlando, he's just found his role. He's a six-man, he comes in, he does the same thing. He's basically Gerald Green with five fingers right now. <laughs> like, no, it's true. Gerald Green has four and a half fingers, and I can't believe he's so good at basketball with just four and a half fingers. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, like, Terrence Ross comes into the game, he jacks threes, he comes off screens, he sort of flops his way into little free throws or whatever, and it works once per game, and he gets three free throws out of it. But, like, he comes in and he guns, and that's his role. And he mm-hmm. does it every night. Doesn't necessarily succeed, but he does it every single night. Norm, I don't really know. Like, you know what Norm I mean? Norm does you, come in and gun, though. When, okay, when you put in Norm, what are you expecting Norm to do? Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. Like, he, he needs to Because there's no way role. Nick Nurse is like, yo, I'm going to put in Norm, and I'm going to see what he can do driving into traffic with two guys on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He needs, I think, yeah, whatever that role is, he needs to figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, like, you know, he talked. He told you about how he wanted to lock down the starting job. Mm-hmm. It must be tough, like three three days into the season, and, and Nick's just like, "No, yeah, I think Fred's just. Fred. I think Fred's got a lockdown. Like yeah. that's it for the rest of the it's, season. It's over. You didn't even maybe, say like, honestly. Maybe he wanted to help Norm though, just just to be like, okay, Norm, like you're gonna be coming off the bench. Yeah, like this is your defined role. Like figure it out. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, for me, I still think it might be Mark, only in the sense that. You know, if he doesn't provide the scoring, it isn't, I think, a bit of an issue because I actually don't think realistically you can expect Kyle to score 22 points per game. Like, that number probably comes down to, like, 17. Yeah, well, right now when you look at the scoring, the kind of quote-unquote big three is Pascal, Fred, and Kyle, right? Yeah. And and those guys all right now are giving you incredible scoring. Like the two, So Fred's giving you 18, Kyle's giving you 22, Pascal's giving you 27.5. So right there, that's 67.5 yeah. points per game from those three. Yeah. But realistically, are you expecting those three guys to give you 67 points per game? No. Uh, that's, yeah. And you what you what you need, and you can't really expect OG to give you more than 12 because OG's yeah. really just not that good offensively, right? Or not that diverse offensively yeah. right now. So you need Mark to be filling in and making up that gap. Mark needs to be at around 11 to 12 points. And See, I'm not yeah. really sure he can get to 11 to 12 points because it just seems to me like he has such a big struggle scoring now. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Let's check back in in like two weeks or a month. That's fair. That's Let's fair. check back in. And, and the way I always look at Mark's production, I always look at it in conjunction with Surge though. Like I'm always like, okay. you talk about like needing more scoring, right? Like I'm always like, okay, like what's Mark and Surge combined going to give you, right? Yeah. So, and last year it was about like 20 to 25 points per game. Yeah. Right now they're giving you, because of Mark, yeah. they're giving you less than 20 per game. Yeah. Because they're both, so, you know. They they're both like inconsistent, obviously, with the scoring. Yeah. But if you know it balances out and they can just cobble together whatever twenty five points a game. Yeah. I don't really care if it's coming from Mark or Serge, as long as they're getting right. that production from that position. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see. All right, so we're gonna transition and take your Twitter questions. As always, you can hit me up at William underscore Lou and uh, send me some questions. Chances are, though, uh, there's so many questions being sent nowadays, we're probably not going to get to all of them, but we'll try to get to as many as possible before we got to go shoot, run it back, and say all the same things over again <laughs> in a more condensed version. 
with a surprise it's joke, guest. Yo, it's jokes when we give uh, different takes. <laughs> well, like actually, I give Pascal yeah. a C minus. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the first question comes from Assad. When are you going to get Assad back on the podcast? Very soon. I'm assuming uh, whenever there's a team to slander, I'm going to have to dial in Assad. Yeah, slander pods are always entertaining. Yeah. Do the Milwaukee Bucks if they beat the Bucks this weekend. Yeah, that's, see, that's the issue. I'm uh, going to be at a bachelor party ah, right. this weekend, so I yeah. might be you have real, a life. real fucking hammered yeah. uh, you have a for, life. for Saturday. But I, honestly, I... Yo, I'm, do, a, do a react pod on YouTube after after the wedding. I might, I, I might uh, after the still party. bring my equipment just to see like where I'm at. Like I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm a real fiend. I'm a real fiend about this stuff. You've I done might react, still do You've one. done podcasts in like, the strangest places and the strangest like, yeah. scenarios. It's, so. I haven't always been in the perfectly this is low level frame. this is low level stuff for you uh, yeah um but yeah really happy for my guys you know it's real wedding season right now for some reason it's a little delayed but yeah uh, even, buddies, I went, my, even i went to a wedding uh, yeah last weekend yeah you wore a collar and everything miss matt <laughs> miss miss matt thomas's debut yeah it's tough <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that on running back yeah watch it on youtube please there's original content on it, i swear um yeah all right so um uh, next question comes from marcello um OG's running the floor with better coordination this year. Do you see him getting a do you see him getting a better handle and becoming a better playmaker in the next couple of seasons? Yeah, maybe, I guess. Who was the one that was helping the guys? Was it Phil Handy who, who was doing a lot of that? Yeah, he was. With the player development stuff. He was, yeah. So whoever yeah. Phil Handy's replacement is, um, help OG out. Um you might know this because you and Serge are tight. <laughs> we used to be and then wow. you went to Bleacher Report. Wow. That's wow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the, you, I've you, had want, a lot you want of, media beef. I've had a lot of divorces in my life, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yo, save it for, save it for running back. Um, I love how we're not giving the A-list material. <laughs> here's the thing. So, so uh, obviously, Phil Handy's moved on to the Lakers. Yeah. But Phil has that guy, that Spanish dude, that comes in and works out with him. Yes. I, and, I, I don't recall the name off the top of my head. Yeah, right me neither. I don't want to yeah. give him, like, I don't want to just yeah, pretend yeah, like I know that. it's Pablo yeah. or something like that. No, but it no. may be Pablo. Yeah. Yeah, it could be Juan. Okay, might be him. Yeah, I don't know. No, OGs. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just making yeah. a. I'm just making a, <laughs> yeah, a Spanish yeah. name at this point. But um, yeah, that guy. He has really helped Serge sort of uh, with his coordination. Because remember how uncoordinated it felt like Serge was. Oh in yeah, Serge, years? Is, Serge has like improved by like more leaps fluid and now. bounds. Yeah, man. and I think a lot of it was yeah. the workouts with the Spanish dude. Which uh, again, I wish I knew this guy's name. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe uh, Serge passes on the number. I mean, it seems like Serge and OG are pretty close. Yeah, guys, and listen, know? man, the Raptors have a great track record of. This stuff. Yeah. Player development. They're listening to Yvonne Chaka Chaka in the car together. Like, yo, good yeah. times, man. Uh, next one from Masai Ujiri BR. All right. Uh, if the Raptors rotation after a few more weeks stays with this current eight to nine players, what do we do with Ronnie Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson? Are they only injury insurance? This is not great insurance, by the way. No. This is like when you get when you get hired at Shoppers and you get insured for like 20% of your glasses. That's not great insurance. Well, there's a reason why they're not playing right now. Yeah, right? like you know, it's a. Uh, here's the thing. I feel like on another team they can definitely play, but on a team where, like for example, I guess the way to look at it is Detroit was not a good team for a very long time. Stanley Johnson could not hold down consistent minutes with Detroit. He got moved to the bench. He sort of in the starting lineup. Never really fully impressed. So why would the sudden expectation be that just have just coming to the Raptors within the first couple of months? He's gonna suddenly break the rotation of a team that's gonna win fifty games. Yeah, that and just makes sense, right? And it's hard because those two guys are still pretty young. Like, yeah. are those guys willing to accept being like 
the scrappy ninth guy that just comes on, you know, doesn't get the ball. Yeah. Just has to make hustle plays. Like, are you cool with that? Like, I don't know if they're at that stage of their career where they're cool with that. Because they, they have to be on this team. Maybe they got to be humbled first, you know? Well, Stanley Johnson, game-winning three against the Pistons tomorrow. Revenge uh, that would be nice. Yeah. Just give me that. <laughs> I w- that would be nice. And then Dwayne does a coach's challenge <laughs> to see if the ball left his hand before the buzzer and loses. Oh, man. I can't wait for the Dwayne stuff tomorrow, <laughs> man. It's going to be a... Uh... It's going to be fun. I, I can't wait for him to say, like, 95% nice things and then sneak in a little dig. Man, a lot does. of digs, man. He's very good. He's very, very, very good at a lot uh, of digs. sneaking it in, you know? Yeah. Like, he's just – the passive-aggressive uh, comments are – It's time for Nick Nurse to drop a diss track, man. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it, man. Dave you know, it's, it's real funny in this situation because both the Raptors and Dwayne Casey are tr- both trying to take the high road. Mm-hmm. But in order to take the high road, you need to put someone under that road. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't necessarily know if Dwayne's taking the high road. Well, he will say outright that I'm trying to take the high road. I feel great for them. Yeah. You know, they took my offense and won the game with it. No, that, <laughs> like, that's, that's what he says. No, but like, that's, that's the thing. What he that's said. not taking the high road. <laughs> that is not taking the The first part is taking uh, the high road. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, I love Dwayne as a person. Dwayne yeah, yeah, did great, great things great here. Dude. Yeah. But there were reasons he was fired. Yeah. It the, was because I feel like. The whole thing, he's acting like he was fired, like, unjustly. Yeah, well, he, he's, he's like, oh, I, I don't think it was all my fault. I mean, like, you know, look at them. They had to upgrade their roster with Kawhi and Danny Green sure. and, and Marcus Gasol. And it's like, that is true, but also... You he put his teams at, you got swept at a disadvantage. By the t- 2015 Wizards. Yes. The 2015... You got... He took seven games and really a, a miracle to even get past the Pacers. Yep. As they, who were they? The eighth seed that year? The seventh seed? Yeah, seventh seed. I think it's two seven. Yeah, they needed seven games to beat the Heat. The yep. Heat weren't even that good that year. No, it was man. that. They mean, got so many injuries. Chris Bosh was yeah, you know, pretty Le- much ending his career. Like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio when he's like in Wolf of Wall Street, like on drugs, crawling to the car. Yeah, like that was the Raptors Heat series. Yeah, it was like, they ugly. were just both trying to crawl, crawl to the Eastern Conference Finals. It was tough. It was real ugly. And then um, the sweeps and things like that. I mean, you know, the 2018 sweep was tough. That was that was hard to watch. That was hard to it's, watch. It's actually okay to talk about it now, just because the Raptors have the championship. Yeah, game three. That's I had given up on um, that that playoff series for game three. I decided uh, I'm going to go see Georgia Smith at the Danforth <laughs> instead of watching this at home. Yeah. And then I saw the score. Surprise! Uh, it wasn't Jesse Reyes, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Reyes wasn't that wasn't that big in 2017. <laughs> but nowadays, I will 100% go to the Jesse Reyes concert. Uh, shout out Jesse Reyes, Canadian talent. But yeah, I mean, you know, it just it was that was, it was embarrassing. It was, it was real that embarrassing. Was, that was embarrassing. It, really embarrassing. The game two, the fadeaway. Jumpers in the fourth. That was f- disgusting. And it kind of killed me afterwards. It was just like how much he kept talking about. Um, well, you know, if one of the tap-ins in game one goes in, the result might have been different. It's like, yeah, you, you might have lost 5-1. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Honestly, I still... And no yeah. other part in the series that I think, wow, yeah. if JV had just made one of those tip-ins and the Raptors won that game, which, by the way, they shouldn't have never even come down to a freaking tip-in because they were up like 12 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They just started choking and didn't make any adjustments. Yeah. But regardless... Even if they won that first game, it's not like it would have changed anything else. Yeah. It was not like LeBron's going to be like, oh, wow, I'm down 0-1. I can never come back from this after yeah. coming back down from 3-1. Like, anyway, yeah. that was a- if you want more doing Casey Talk, look for the next episode of Run It Back. <laughs> next one from Somali. If Kyle can somehow sustain this production through the season and into the playoffs, what is this team ceiling? 
Um, I mean, I guess the whole thing just boils down to can they beat the Sixers or Bucks in a seven-game series? Yep. And I'm not sure the kind of calculus of that changes even if Kyle is performing like this. Like, I feel like they obviously they would still mm-hmm. be an underdog. So, I am real curious to see how OG guards Giannis this weekend. And I will be seeing that game drunk out of my mind. But I'm curious. Can he do it? And if he can maybe do it, yeah. then I don't know, maybe. Maybe against the Bucks. The Bucks this year listen, don't the, look as sharp as they did last listen, year. Obviously, it's early, but whatever. Listen, the That's Bucks, the so Bucks and Sixers are not these like all-world teams. That's the thing. It's really They're just not, the rest of the conference is trash. This is not some like all-historic rosters that have been put together. Yeah, agreed. Like, the Bucks can be beat. Like, Giannis is incredible, all right? Like, yep, yep. It took the best player in the world and Marcus Ole and a bunch of great defenders to, to lock him down last year to get the sweep after being down 0-2. But I don't know. The rest of that roster, I don't know, man. Like, Would you rather have Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe or the Raptors number two and three guys? Uh, the Raptors number two and three guys. It's not really that close, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, Giannis swings the whole thing. but And the Sixers. I don't know. Like, if that playoff series were to start today, Toronto, Philly, I, you could I, probably talk, talk me into a seven-game series. I honestly... I would hate that matchup because I feel like neither team will crack 100 points. Yeah. This will be like some New York Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami. Indiana, yeah. You weren't even born back then, so yeah. Don't yeah, pretend. I'm, I'm just going to pretend, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Mark asks, is it too early to consider Jeremy Lin again? Is this Mark Gasol? <laughs> this is Mark Ebra. He's a Twitter egg. You don't really see a lot of Twitter eggs nowadays. Yeah, shout out to the eggs, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's still an yeah. egg. Keep I, ha- I keep think you got to like, actively um, make... Oh, you have to make you have to make that make your avatar the, to be an egg nowadays because yeah. I don't think that's the default anymore. Oh, or maybe I don't know. Shoutouts to purposeful eggs. Yeah. yeah. Um, what Jeremy Lin? Is it time to consider Jeremy Lin? Yeah, yeah, it's time to consider Jeremy Lin again. No. Every time Fred shoots under forty percent from the field, <laughs> the Jeremy Lin questions come yeah. out. I, I have debated starting some Jeremy Lin propaganda on Twitter, but wow. Um, no, the Jeremy Lin ship has sailed. We miss him though. Oh, yeah, I miss him a lot, We man. miss him, man. Yeah. Can't wait to give him his ring. Yeah. Uh, with Lowry and Van Vliet playing so many minutes, do you expect the Raptors to get a third point guard, or do they trust that, like, Tyler Ennis will be the player they sign when healthy? Uh, what do you think of Tyler Ennis as a Yahoo Sports uh, correspondent? Oh, I really enjoyed my time. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. With Tyler. Um, he told you to calm down when you were stressed as fuck about uh, the Bucs series or whatever? <laughs> yeah. No, so I first met him, like, I think at the start of the Sixers series. Yeah. So we did a bunch of these, like, studio shows here. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we would come in and watch the whole games. And, you know, the first time I met him, like, I was just me, right? Like, just chill, making jokes and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, yeah. And then game four comes. The Raptors are down 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. They're really going to get bounced in the second round again. Damn. And Kawhi's going to leave. And, like, this, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, the future is a black hole. I need this freelance yeah, money. Yeah, man. I need this freelance money for the next two months. <laughs> like, um, and like I can't be pitching these random ideas to the National Post every week. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, like, I was stressed out. I didn't say a single word in the second half. Like, I was just, like, I literally just sat there. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I had, like, the sweats. Like, I was sweating. Oh, I don't and, like, blame you, man. I was, like, <laughs> I was pretty much clinging to the table. There were nail marks Dan, in, like, Philadelphia's Dan, media table. Dan Tolman's like, yo, can you tweet? Because, like, I didn't tweet for, like, 50 minutes. <laughs> He's like, Alex, like, breathe. Like, I just disappeared. Like, Tyler Ennis just looked at me. I was like, yo, you all right, bro? And then Kawhi hit that shot. They won. And I was back yeah. to being me. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. So Tyler, so Tyler Ennis, uh, <laughs> as a as a basketball player, I mean, 
I mean, the Raptors wanted to draft him back in the day, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's tough, right? Like, finding a third point guard. Like, they have Cameron Payne in training camp. What? Like, if they could have brought in someone better than Cameron Payne, they would have. Do you miss Lorenzo Brown? No. <laughs> he okay. did have that one TNT game against the Cavs, though. Lorenzo Brown is what Pat McCaw is now. So, yeah. we're, we're all right. Pat McCaw's a better Lorenzo Brown. I don't know who the third. Like, I don't know. Maybe eventually Terrence Davis can work into that role. Yeah. I think McCaw, honestly, I think okay for all the grief that we give McCaw, like if you want to make McCaw like that third guard, I think McCaw is fine for like 15 he's minutes fine. a game. Yeah, as a 10th man, he's, he's fine. fine. He's fine. Uh, Randy asks, not a question, but I wanted to hear your best Giannis recruitment pitch. Well, okay, so the year is yeah. 2021. Okay, so you be Masai, I'll be Bobby. All right. So Which means I will say nothing. I walk into the room yeah. with a aluminum foil. Yeah. Or, already too tin. much. Already <laughs> Giannis you asked, you hey, what's that? And I'm Masai. I unfolded. Yeah. It's jollof rice. All right. Giannis is already smelling the smells of home. He's remembering that, you know, he's never had this ever in Milwaukee before. Yeah. And um, Masai sits down. And then the next guy to come in is Pascal Siakam. Yeah. The next guy to come in is OG Ananobi. So, so Kyle Lowry comes in. Big maybe. question. Because Drake talked a lot of trash to Giannis. Yeah. In the playoffs last year, yeah. to the point where Mike Budenholzer wanted Drake arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mike Budenholzer was like, I'm not going to make any do adjustments, think, but do please you think arrest they should Drake. involve Drake in this pitch? Or do you think this, uh, there's still some hurt feelings? Uh, or do you think it's all fun and games at the end of the day? I think it's all fun and games. I don't really see Giannis as a guy that's that starstruck by Drake. There's, some, there's certain guys that are yeah. real starstruck by Drake, but yeah. I don't really think Giannis is one of those guys. But anyway, so you got those guys in the room. Yep. Um. And then you tell them, listen, we've beaten you many times in the last two years. Yeah. We've eliminated you from the playoffs. Yeah. Do you want to continue losing in Milwaukee, or yeah. do you want to come to a city like Toronto where you can be celebrated as a sort of an international superstar? Yeah. And he knows right. all these things already. Yeah. Every time he, he comes through, every time he comes through, he is celebrated. And then Masai sells him on the global vision of the game is not just the game. The yeah. game's bigger than the game. Yeah. And you are Nigerian, Giannis. Yeah, exactly. He's already said it many times that Giannis is Nigerian, which you know, some people in the Greek community have sort of taken offense at. It's like saying if someone said, like, yo, Will's Chinese. I'm like, yeah, I know. I hold Canadian citizenship. I love Canada, but I'm both. Yep. And, I, and I think, uh, you know, uh, Giannis man. has mentioned both. Forget the off-court stuff, though, man. You can pitch him the basketball And the stuff. basketball stuff is pretty good. You get to play with Gian- you get to play with um, Pascal. You get to play with probably Fred. Yeah. I think probably, probably here. It's like, you OG. know, look at the Bucks. When the Bucks had a chance to um, – Bring back Malcolm Brogdon, arguably their second best player yeah. in the playoffs. Um, couldn't do it. Larry Tannenbaum shows up. Yeah, with when, a water when, when Fred became a free agent, um, we threw a hundred million at him. Yeah, we brought back our Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, and we will bring in anyone you want. Yeah, there we you got go. Pascal. We got OG. Like, think about the yeah. possibilities. Yeah, and a thirty-seven-year-old Kyle is better than Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. And then he doesn't mention Taste of the Danforth because that place is a little bit of a mess. But you know, he does mention that there is a wealth of really, really good Greek food in Toronto. Listen, man, I'm not putting, I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket with this Giannis thing. Yeah, I just think it's it's super fun to speculate about. Yeah, for sure. And I also think the Raptors do have like a realistic chance yeah now he might sign the supermax next summer right yeah we'll see yeah we'll see i don't think he will but we'll see and then to close the pitch yeah man thomas walks in yeah yeah well still on the team eh? yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, he's on a three-year deal he's on yeah. the team yeah yeah and then norman powell shows up and he's like if, if you don't want me to dunk on you again <laughs> join the join the team yeah that's it man and then we trade norm that's it <laughs> man if the raptors get what Giannis, a pitch 
What a bitch. Man, if the Raptors get Giannis, that would be something, man. It would be amazing. You know how happy Masai will be? If you had to choose hypothetical between getting Kawhi back this past summer on, like, say, like a two-year deal mm-hmm. versus having Giannis in two years, what would you have taken? You could only well, have one. Well, we can talk about this now, but uh, I would rather have Kawhi because yeah. he's a straight-up better player. Yeah. And, as you mentioned... With the way Kawhi's playing, with the way Danny is playing, with the yep. way OG has taken a step forward. Pascal. Kyle back to prime Kyle Lowry numbers. Kyle would. Pascal would, yeah. taking a leap. Fred taking a leap. Yep. Mark and Serge still being what they are. Yep. Norm still being a playoff killer. 65 against the win team. The, the hypothetical, oh, the imaginary oh. Raptors would have been a 65 win team. And I legit would have predicted them to go like 16 and 2 in the playoffs. Yeah. Which, but, but by the way, this is uh, what people would say after they get broken up with. Or like, we were so good together, you know, this and this and this. If you don't marry this next person, then then you you really screwed up. You really screwed up here. But essentially, it's like if you don't win this, if you don't win the yeah. damn title with the Clippers, then people should really mention the fact that Kawhi walked away from what would have been a guaranteed title. Here. Guaranteed. This isn't like LeBron Injuries leaving aside, Miami at the end of twenty fourteen. Guaranteed. You know what I mean? There's a guaranteed title. Every time LeBron walked away, he walked away from a roster that was about to be like Yeah, LeBron exhausted the resources down. and he left. Yeah. This was a roster that was on the come up. Look at the team right now, yeah. man. Look at the team. Man. And, I, and oh, man. See, I, I think about so many things with this. Like, I wonder, say Vochi doesn't have his injury and really showed mm-hmm. a lot of what he's showing now in the playoffs last season. Obviously not in this role, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess none of it would have made a difference. Like, would that have – would Kawhi have looked at this and said – No, right. I don't think he would have stayed for OG. I don't think you – I not, think the Raptors made the best OG, possible pitch. But then by at the that way. point, you're like, okay, I got Pascal. I got OG, right? But it doesn't yeah. seem like he even looked at Pascal like, oh, this is the number two guy yeah. I want to run with. Kawhi or at the end of the day, he just whatever. wanted to go home. He just he wanted, wanted to go home. home. Whatever it took to and go home. And he told home, the Clippers, Paul George. What, whatever. You know, he yeah. went home. That's cool. I'm happy for him. You know what I mean? Like, he made the decision. He's obviously free to do it. I'm just saying, though, it would have been a guaranteed title. Guaranteed. Yeah. You're telling me we're going back to that Buck series and there's no Malcolm Brogdon and all of a sudden OG's playing like this? No, they and Pascal's playing like this? They would have swept through everyone. Would have worked them. And, the then beat, and then potentially beat LeBron in the finals, which would have just like exercised every demon mm-hmm. for this franchise. Yeah. It would have been a celebration. Yeah, it's tough. But they got that one ring, so. Yeah, they know. got that one ring. Um, but I, I th- I'll be thinking about that for a long time. Uh,. We'll take three more arbitrarily. Music scene vermin supreme asks, "Who would you rather have right now, Makar or Delon?" Delon. Yeah, same. Delon's like putting up triple doubles in Dallas, man. Yeah, well, I like Dallas. It's, it's a good year. But you know, had to get Marcus Long get the championship. Yeah, it was it was worth it. And if I mean, if Memphis actually liked Delon that much, they would have re-signed him. So, uh, well, a lot of these questions we have answered. Okay, this one from Lumsden. Do the Raptors add anyone who they think can be the closer? Do they need someone who can create their own shot late in games to push this team over the top? Yeah, that guy's Kawhi. <laughs> but, I mean... I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, no, like, honestly. You look at this Raptors team and you're like, oh, they're just missing one guy. They're one star away from being a champion. Star away. Because they are Because they were champions and the one star left, yeah. Oh, God. Pascal's fine as a... I mean, there'll be some growing pains, but mm. we'll figure it out. All right. The last one here from Zach. If things go even better than expected, do you see a way for the Raptors to become buyers at the trade deadline? It's tough because any trade you would have to put probably OG up, right, to get anything. Like, what are you going to get? 
maybe you get a norm upgrade. But then again, playoff sure. norm is a, is, a, is is kind of yeah. a thing. Like I so. don't think there's no game changing move out there. Maybe I'd, some moves to add some depth, like add one more guy. Yeah, but, like yeah. a death piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when the Bucks added Nikola Mirotic without really shedding anybody from the roster. Yeah, something last like that. Yeah. Add one more shooter or something. I don't know. Yeah, Stanley Johnson plays a second for like somebody. Yeah, but it's it's a transition know. year. Yeah, it is a transition year. The, the, what, well, what you want to see out of this year is how the young guys develop. And so far, the Raptors' young guys have taken great steps. Yeah, so. just see how far they can go. Don't give up anything. That'll ruin the future. Yeah, there you go. Spoken like a true Bobby Webster. Wow. Crazy Rich Asian. Yo, for real. Crazy Rich Asians too. Um, he's going to be in it. It's gonna be a, <laughs> he's going to play himself. He's going to be Aquafina's love interest, Bobby yeah. Webster. But he's going to play himself. Yeah. He just flies in with the Larry OB. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a general manager of the Toronto Raptors and uh, incredibly good looking and very young and very successful. Bobby Const- Webster Constance Wu, what do you think about this? Constance Wu, what do you think about this? Are, are we playing Majon together or what? You know Bobby what I mean? Bobby Webster should have been in Hustlers. Yeah. Hustlers was, it was all right. It was yeah. alright. Nice Usher cameo. Yeah, that was a good scene. The way the movie ended. And anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Alex, we got to go shoot running back. Yeah, we got to rerun this conversation back <laughs> on camera. <laughs> Literally. So thanks everyone for listening, and uh, I'll be back next week. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.